0: Hello, my beautiful woman ink listeners. Welcome back. My guest this week is the seasoned entrepreneur and health visionary, Lisa Odenweller. Lisa is the CEO of Chroma Wellness, which is a functional superfood nutrition company. Chroma and her earlier venture, Becoming Wellness, are considered two of the most successful cult brands in the history of the industry. Lisa is known for her ability to design innovative health food concepts and build robust ecosystems of influential investors and loyal customers. Lisa's wellness endeavors are rooted in her passion for superfoods, which began championing long before they were mainstream. Lisa entered the wellness space in 2011 with the founding of Beaming Wellness an organic superfood cafe concept with locations throughout Southern California. The brand quickly attracted a cult following that established it as a trailblazer in the culinary and wellness industries. After exiting Beaming in 2018, Lisa began developing a larger scale project with more ambitious reach, a direct-to-consumer superfood program offering functional, delicious products that simplify nutritional wellness. Out of this vision, Chroma Wellness was born. Lisa launched Chroma in July 2021 after conducting one of the most impressive capital raises in the history of the wellness industry. The brand's early angel investors, assembled by Lisa during the height of COVID-19 pandemic, consisted of celebrities, entrepreneurs, and notable public figures. Today, Chroma is 90% funded by women. Chroma offers delicious, high-quality, on-the-go foods and beverages that deliver maximum nutrition and require minimal preparation. Chroma's menu... Of just add water bone broth, veggie broths, adaptogens, super lattes, elixirs, snacks, and teas incorporate nutrient dense superfoods and are known for their incredible flavor. The brand's hero product is the five-day whole body reset that is revolutionizing the way that people think about cleansing and detoxing, focusing on nutrition over starvation. The reset allows users to customize the program according to their needs and goals. Since its launch, Chroma has experienced astronomical growth and has become a go-to health optimization tool among celebrities and health-minded individuals worldwide. Beyond her reputation for architecting transformative wellness concepts, Litza's ability to grow brands from capital raise to consumer, Zyges, has landed her on Mind Body Green's list of 100 women to watch in wellness. She has also been profiled in Forbes, Vogue, Glamour, The Skinny Confidential, and The Art of Being Well, among other top publications and podcasts. Okay, so I am on the five day reset right now, you guys. Also, I just had to make this live January 1st because I feel like we just all need a reset. I was feeling just so all over the place, running around, launching this company. I was just like, I need to reset my body. And then I remember that the Chroma team literally sent me the five-day reset. And I was like, okay, I have to do this. So I'm on day four. It's the best thing in the world. Like, you know, I keep it real. Like it is so nice. This is just the most easy cleanse I've ever done. And it's weird because I look back and I'm like, I'm really not eating a lot, but it's so nutrient dense. As soon as I feel like, oh, I want to eat something. It's like, oh, I need to do my superfood mix and I need to do my bone broth. And I truly just feel so energized, so clear. I've gotten more work done this week than I've honestly done in months. Like I just feel... My brain fog has gone away. I just feel energized. So I'm so happy I've done this the week that I'm recording this intro because it was not planned at all. Honestly, this is just like mapped out perfectly, but you guys have to try it or just try their products in general. I am such a fan. I'm obsessed with their matcha. That's by far my favorite. The bone broth is so nice when you just want like a little something to fill you up, but you don't feel like cooking. (laughs) Anyway, this has been the longest intro, but I am just such a fan of Lisa. I love her story of raising money. I love her products. I love how she thought through building the brand. She is an incredible entrepreneur, an amazing woman. I just love her energy and I can't wait for you guys to listen. We have a promo code that the Chroma team was so kind to send over. It is Inc. W-O-M-E-N-I-N-C. For 20% off anything at chromawellness.com, you guys have to check it out. Now, let's get on over to my conversation with Lisa. Welcome to the Woman Inc. podcast. This is the place for the new generation of women looking to lead the life of their absolute dreams. I'm your host, Jenna Toddy, entrepreneur, life coach, and strategist for modern businesswomen and entrepreneurs a city girl, sriracha lover, and that friend who will hype you up when you forget how powerful you truly are. I am on a mission to make Women Inc. the most powerful network of women who are leveling up, owning what they want, and becoming who they've always wanted to be. Have you ever wondered what it would look like if you went all in on yourself? No turning back. If so, you are in the right place, my girl. Let's get started. Lisa, hello. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So happy to be here, Jenna. I'm so excited to have you. First, you are like my ceremonial matcha in my apartment and my whole team comes over and we like have your matcha every morning. It's unreal so happy. Thank you.
1: And I always laugh that that's been like my secret mission is to get the world to drink matcha. Of course, I'd love if it was, if it was Chroma's matcha, but I think it's game changing. It's so good. Like the
0: gingery, spicy. I'm yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan. So we're going to jump into all things Chroma, but first I want to go back and chat a little bit about what you were doing prior to starting Chroma and then what led you kind of to get into this entrepreneurial journey.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I'll back up just for fun. I graduated from college and my first job being with Nestle and getting this food service job where I was selling country sausage gravy, corned beef hash, chili and cheese sauce, like all these unhealthy things. And I remember being horrified when I realized that that's what I was going to be selling. And fast forward, I ended up discovering these sauces that we had, turned them in these into these incredible pasta salad things and ended up reading all these healthy things. And my point in saying that is that this healthy thing has been something that's been in me since I was little and kind of growing into. But I had multiple careers to get to where I am today from being you know, at the Nestle world to going into software and high tech and being in business development to having an interior design company to having a jewelry company. And then really that moment of truth for me, which was how can I make a difference in the world? And there was this burning desire in me that I really wanted to have impact. I didn't know what it would be, but probably it was about 15 years ago, 14, 15 years ago is when that aha moment, or I guess I should say the pebbles along the way started to come together that led me on this path of wellness and led me to the first wellness startup that I had called Beaming, which was something that I launched out of the home 14 years ago, and which became a, a superfood cafe concept that was all over Southern California. Uh, launched in 2012 in Del Mar, California, we had this beautiful, healthy grab-and-go cafe. It became a cult following, um, lines out the door, and we ended up expanding that till 10 locations. That really kind of led me into this path of like, how can I help? people on their journey of wellness, but make it super yummy, delicious, convenient, sexy, all these things that's really approachable that people want to do. And that became really the same the same thing that led me to start Beaming, led me to start Chroma. And it was just this passion for wellness, understanding how powerful food is, that we have choices every day, and it doesn't have to be a miserable experience. In fact, I, I love food. It's one of my greatest pleasures in life. And so for me as a foodie, but taking my passion for wellness and wanting to feel empowered with my health and feeling like I had control, which we do, and then combining it with that culinary flair became really that pathway from beaming to now Chroma. Oh, I love it.
0: Okay. And what was the moment where Chroma was born? I know you have a story with your daughter
1: kind of leading up to. Yeah. So I'll even go backwards a little bit with the beaming. So with these cafes and just this, all these people's lives that we were changing and people were obsessed. We had Los Angeles and San Diego, but my vision was how do we take the magic of what beaming was and reach more people? And not everyone can get to the cafe. And it's also a very hard business model when you're dealing with so, there's that. so I'm also a businesswoman too, and it was like, okay, this is a very tough business model as popular as it was. How can we reach more people? And the only way really to take that same mission was to then apply it into non-perishables. And so when I sold Beaming, I started working on kind of the next chapter. And I will be honest and say I didn't know exactly what that next chapter would be. So I was dabbling in a lot of different products. I started with healthy cocktails before healthy cocktails were a thing. <laughs> I was doing that and trying to figure out how to do it and mass, you know, mass scale that. I played in a lot of different things. And then one thing, and you mentioned this earlier, Jenna, the, the thing that really kind of tipped it for Chroma, the first light bulb there, was on matcha. And when I switched from coffee to matcha, I immediately felt better. And when I was like, wow, like this, I don't have the jitters. I don't have the anxiety, the irritability, the acidity, all the things that coffee can do, especially if you have adrenal fatigue, especially if you have gut issues. And as I transferred to matcha, which was not an easy transfer because most matcha doesn't taste very good. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's grassy and dirty. And people are like, oh, yuck, I don't want to do that. I became obsessed with how do I find really good matcha Mm -hmm. and then realized organic ceremonial grade and these different grades of matcha. And then I was like, oh my God, there's actually matcha that tastes good. And then I started adding all my favorite superfoods and I added collagen and matcha, you know, and ginger and turmeric and maca, one of my favorite hormone balancing superfoods and adaptogens and mushrooms. And I created this concoction that I would travel with back and forth to LA. And then I would make it in my hotel room I'd make it for my friends. My friends became obsessed with it. They're like, we want this too. And that was really the first product for Chroma. And that was about four or five years ago. And again, it was just one of those things I created for me. And then as people wanted it also, I took that product and thought, well, what if I just create a blend and then created other blends? And that sort of became the birth of Chroma. And then what happened is in that process, I had an opportunity to sort of step back and say, well, how do we bring this to market in a way that makes sense? Yeah. Especially in a very saturated world of superfoods and adaptogens. And it's only becoming more and more every day. There's something new and a new shiny object. How do I do this in a way that's really going to stand out and really create impact, which is what I care. How do I transform? How do I create habits, behavior that people can keep? and do it in a way that isn't just another new shiny thing and the next new gimmick. And so the same way that beaming started, which was through a cleanse, it was actually a culinary cleanse during the juice cleansing days, which I thought were ridiculous. I wanted to nourish people. And so I took that same concept, but then applied it and created this non-perishable five-day reset, which is what we're most known for now, which was really just designed to help nourish people and do it in a way that's enjoyable, approachable, sexy. It gives you energy, doesn't deprive you. You look forward to it. All these things that are very opposite what typical diet detox cleansing culture has historically been.
0: Yes. The juice cleanse detox that had like such a moment. And then we're all
1: like, we're just drinking sugar. I remember adding it up and thinking, there's 220 grams of sugar a day on, on, on most of the popular juice cleanses. Mm-hmm. It, it's even though it was fruits and vegetables, it's still sugar and it converts right. to sugar in your body. Yeah? And no protein, no, bleh, no protein, no fat, no fiber. And so you're also like, you're not actually cleansing. And um, I always laugh, like I remember during those days, and you probably saw this too, my friends would party from Thursday to Sunday. Yeah. And then they would juice fast Monday to Wednesday <laughs> to get back in the stage. <laughs> And I was like, this is crazy. And there's still a lot of crazy in the diet and cleanse world. Yeah. And, and that was a lot of the problem that I was trying to solve with Chroma because there's some popular cleanses out there that people do that, you know, it's six to 700 calories a day. Um, it tastes terrible. It's incredibly um, depleting. So you can't show up for work. You can't exercise. You can't show up for family. You become a raving, you know, that is, um, I was like, why are we doing this? To lose a couple of pounds, that just doesn't make sense to me because the weight will come right back on when you go back to French fries and champagne on day six. And I love French fries and champagne, but I don't want to come off something that I just did and go right there on the next day because then clearly I didn't learn anything. Right. As we know, quick fixes don't work. So for me, it was like, how can I create a program that's really focused on nourishment, gives you matcha in the morning with collagen and ginger and turmeric and mushrooms and all the things. Also then gives you a beautiful porridge breakfast and the broth and all the things that I would consume in my everyday life. And that's a very different approach to to cleansing and detoxing. And again, we don't even use the word cleanse. It really is a reset, but conceptually.
0: Yeah. No, it really is. So once you come up with the five-day and you have the matcha, is this when you began to raise money and you started the process of really turning this into a larger business or at what point did you start raising? So
1: there's two phases. There was um, an initial phase when I came up with these ideas of these adaptogen lattes. That was sort of my matcha phase one of chroma. And as I was in that process, developed the product, we actually brought it to market about two months in. And this is a very true story. I sort of had an epiphany. This isn't it. Which is a pretty scary thing to go back to your first investors and say, you got to trust me. I'm going to disappear for two years and we're going to come back. And we're going to come back bigger than you ever imagined. But there's a bigger vision here. And I, I I need the time to go create it. So this is a true story I often don't tell, but there was a massive pivot, which I think is really important to also share for an entrepreneur because it's very scary. Um, but I had to trust my intuition. And I knew that there was, I never was creating this to be a latte company. I was creating this to be a wellness company that could really transform lives. And so I had, to, when I had the download, literally that said, this is what you're really creating. The only way I could do it was to step back go back into R&D, map it out, brought Dr. Cole in, um, Dr. Will Cole, to help formulate this new program with my daughter and I. And what ended up happening is sort of over the next couple of years, we were creating all the products, we were creating this reset system. And right as we were about to go out and raise money, it was the day before COVID hit. No. The day before my business partner and I, who had spent all this time putting a business plan together, had this beautiful, almost magazine style pitch deck, which for anyone who's created a pitch deck, it's a shit ton of work. Oh, so much work. <laughs> so much work. It's so stressful. And we finally had it ready. We were ready to tell the world. We were ready to go out and, and go out to, you know, my network. And you know, the world came to a halt. And, and I obviously couldn't ask for money when people were trying to figure out toilet paper and groceries. So um, it's hard to believe we lived through that, isn't it? <laughs> so I, so I, everything was just like, okay, now what do we do? And yeah. at this point, I've emptied my 401k. So we're on our lifeline because I've now, you know, we're a couple of years in really into this kind of phase two of chroma. So take a big, big breath. And we're like, okay, now what? And so what we did is we went in and created these beta resets, the beta, the beta cleanse for chroma. And my daughter and I just started creating them with like little jars and mixing these superfoods and adaptogens into this beta program, introduced it to five friends. Um, they loved it. We're obsessed. Of course, we did it as well. And we're like, this is incredible. This transformed me. They all lost eight pounds. They loved the flavors. They're like, I felt nourished. I was energized. We, you have to do this. And so then we kept putting this beta program out there and it just sort of became its own, created its own life. Because I had to get the feedback also. It's like, okay, I can't go raise money right now, but I can go get it out there in the world and create some momentum.
0: Mm -hmm. And I
1: also could use it as as case study. And so we've been using um, glucose monitors to test the glucose factor. We were doing all this testing to get the feedback to say, is this a viable program? One, right? And simultaneously, can I get this in the hands of people that might actually write a check? So as that went on, as people started to have conversations again, we met with probably 50 VCs. And at the time, I thought that's the route we needed to go. We had raised quite a bit of money for my last brand being through Angels. But I thought with what we were doing, we needed VC money. And so the feedback we got was very interesting concept. Call me when you launch. Mm-hmm. Like, so a proof of concept proof of concept i was just gonna say those and, words your favorite concept. words and that you know prior to covid you know bcs were writing money left and right you didn't need proof yeah. of concept. you didn't need revenue and the world yeah. has changed a lot since then and that's an important piece of that puzzle for anyone raising money it is i kind of had to have a moment of okay how are we going to do this and I came up with this idea of what if we could bring together a group of investors who would basically be our go-to-market? What if they could be so passionate and excited about what we're doing that they would be our sales team, that they would help us tell the world? And so I sort of just mapped out this idea. And I remember, and I'll just mention this. I remember you know, Thrive Market, mm-hmm. the CEO of Thrive Market. I remember seeing him speak years and years ago before they they launched and they had gone to like 800 BCs. Everyone had said no, whatever it was. It was a crazy amount of no's. And he had this idea of bringing in bloggers and getting small checks from bloggers. And that's how they launched. So I remembered this story and I thought, what if we do something similar? But what if we could have some celebrities and business professionals and moms in the community and everybody in between? And I just had this vision board and we even created a vision board of like, well, what celebrities would we want? And, you know, and who would we want? What kind of person would we want? And who would we want to have on the on the Chrome Investor team? And mm-hmm. that's really what happened is that through that vision, we actually have 110 investors intentionally. I know a lot of people go, oh my no, God, I love it. World. But that was intentional. And a hundred of them are women. Oof. So that's something not only am I really proud of, but that's also been game-changing for how we came to market. Because whether it is one of our celebrity investors or one of the moms in the community or the business professional, every one of them has been part of our success to date. And I will say though, getting to that first check and anyone who's raised money knows is the hardest thing. And there were a lot of tears getting to that first check. I remember it vividly. It was November 3rd, 2020. I was pretty exhausted. Had been, you know, no after no after no. All I wanted to do was bring my dream to life. And I was, I don't want to say I was losing faith, but I was being tested. Mm -hmm. And because you do have those moments where you're like, I don't know, like maybe, maybe this isn't supposed to happen when it's just so much resistance Right, and it's just like, and I think what that's about is it's testing you how badly you want this. Committed are you? November 3rd, 2020 is when I got the first check. It was from uh, Costello, who is the former CEO of Twitter. He was the first check. And I will also say, I did not know 98% of these investors before they invested. So, and that's an important factor because people see the Forbes articles with me and Gwyneth and Amy Schumer and Jessica Seinfeld and all these big celebrities. And yes, they are investors, but I did not know them beforehand. I was not friends with them. This was a matter of just one foot in front of the other. One conversation led to the next conversation, led to the next one. And eventually, like people just kept making introductions because they believed in the product, the beta program that we were sharing, and they believed in me and the, and the vision. And it was a long, long process. But that first check from Dick, led to some introductions. It led to some introductions and it just went from there. And that's what it takes is that first yes. And asking every single person, whether they say yes or they say no. If not you, do you know anyone? And if you, who else can you introduce me to?
0: I love this, Lisa. This is so good. One, for anyone listening, this is this is having strategic investors and people who not just only can give you money, but were, so for Gwyneth, for example, were they helping you with beyond money, like reach or posting, or was there anything that you discussed in like agreements that would help grow the
1: brand beyond capital? So interestingly, no. And and I, and intentionally, um, I wanted the relationships to be very authentic. And I will say, even in the, the example of, of Gwyneth, I woke up to an email from Gwyneth. One of our investors, Melody McClowski, had mentioned Chroma to her. And because Gwyneth knew of Beaming, my brand in LA, and she loved that brand, I didn't know her personally. She got really excited when she found out that I had a new company. And so I actually woke up to an email from her, you know, on a Sunday morning, actually when I was, Tears because I was so tired of raising money and just wanted to like, how are we going to do this? Even though we had gotten the first checks, we probably had raised maybe 2 million. We still needed another million and a half. And I woke up to an email from her and that was that moment where you're like, yeah, you know what? We're going to, this is going to work. We're going to pull this off. And it was like this angel kind of came in and just said, we've got you. And I can't say enough good things about sort of what that moment meant. Obviously for Gwyneth to believe in me, to really stand behind me. And um, and so that for me was enough. Yes. Yep. I didn't need to ask her to do more. If she was going to, she would do it on her own. She has, she's been, you know, but I don't, I, there was no arrangement. Right, and right. So all of the celebrity investors have invested on their own goodwill because they believed again in the product and, in, and me and the vision and anything they've done for posts or anything like that, um, which they all have was done because they're just passionate about what we're doing. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, relationships are everything. And there's a, there's a big play. I mean, there's a lot of brands that do have big celebrities and there's a there's a big give-get when you do that. There's a yeah. lot of usually involved with that. And I just didn't ever feel like we needed that anchor. What we needed was people who just believed in getting karma out there and believed in how transformative it was. And so I think that that just really kind of created a swell of its own.
0: Yeah. I love that you were focused too on just building something that people would naturally be passionate about rather than creating a product where it's like, okay, if you sign here, then you're passionate about it. It's like, no, you just
1: genuinely had that interest. I didn't, they all came to me really. And yeah. and I say that in a very, very, just with massive gratitude, right? Mm-hmm. They, the, the, the people who stood behind me Amy Griffin, one being one of them from G9 Ventures, who so believed in the product and then introduced her friends. And it just really was one of those things where I felt no you support it. And, and I still do. And that's a really important thing for anyone raising money because you I've been on the other side where I was desperate for the check. And if it's only about the check, it usually will backfire. Mm, that's really good advice. So and and I've been in a position where um, it, it has backfired. um, I just was so clear that I just wanted, I wanted this like family, you know, around us. And in fact, I was just in the Hamptons for a couple of weeks um, because a lot of our investors are in New York and the Hamptons, they're all over. But, and I was at an event there was about 15 of our investors at this event. And it was just, it was 170 women, but 15 of which were Roma investors. And it just was this incredible community. And I believe so much in like, Women supporting women. And there's nothing more powerful. And even though we have amazing men involved too, there's just we we do rise together and supporting one another and being in that collective energy is, I think, such an important thing, as especially as a female founded brand.
0: Yes. Oh, it's
1: so powerful.
0: So you have grown so fast, just from like a revenue perspective. How have you evolved as an entrepreneur through this? fast growth environment and who do you feel like you have had to become to be able to lead a company at this
1: scale? I love the question. So I remember getting our first checks and they were very powerful business people. I mean, one of which was the former CEO of Twitter, right? And the next one was the guy, John Callahan, who was the first check in Peloton. And the next one after that was the CEO of Blue Bottle Coffee. And again, I didn't know these people before. So I was all these really powerful people were coming, you know, getting behind me. And I was like, who am I to do this? Like, am I going to be able to be who they think that I am? I guess they call it imposter syndrome, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't think men get this, by the way. I think it's a woman. No. Thing. Uh, <laughs> I think just women, it, it, that's a separate conversation. But I remember really thinking and, and doubting myself. And it was such, it's interesting for me to look back on it now because there really is that kind of who was I not to do this? Who else better than me to do this? But at the time, it was like, oh my God, they are they're placing a bet on me, and I I was overwhelmed with that trust. And so, I guess to answer your question, I think you you I, I've say grown into it. I was always ready. It was just my own belief systems that were in conflict, and it's been something that you know, you continue to mature through it. And one of the things that I did out of the gate that I think is also really important is that I have a business partner who's really strong in finance and operations, which is where I'm not. It was a huge mistake I made on my last brand that ultimately cost me that company beaming is because I didn't have that operator. So coming into starting a new company, that was the first thing I did was bring in a business partner who could do all the things that I'm not good at that are fundamental to building a viable business. So I could also go and do what I do best. He's my kind of, we're the yin yang of this where it's like, he's my dashboard. I know that operations and finance are run so solid. I mean, we're run like a Fortune 500 company and we're only two years old. But it also allows me to go do what I do best, which is innovation, getting branding, communications, getting the brand out there and investor relations, podcasts, whatever it might be. The areas that I love where I can really get the message and mission out. Um, And I also love the leadership side of things. And that's something I've grown into. I bet you are such a good leader. Just, you're
0: such a great communicator. I can
1: imagine. That's something I've learned over time. I really appreciate it. It's a constant thing, I guess with, with any skill, right? But I really do think leadership is such an important part and it's a hard thing to do when running a company because you have all of your own things you're dealing with and the pressure of that. And so now also I used to, I didn't used to love sort of the management side of things. And now I really see the power of that leadership and being able to that collective energy because the best idea in the world is only good as good as the people around it.
0: Yes. Let's talk about team actually, because when you grow really fast, it can be a lot of pressure. I've had led a company that grew like 900% in one year. And our biggest struggle was team. We were like, how do we get as many good, smart people as quickly as possible? How did you build the Chroma team? And do you have any sort of advice for building a team of like characteristics you look for?
1: Well, I think the first and foremost I touched on before, which is make sure that You have someone on your team, whether it's you or a partner or, you know, an employee who is really good at what you're not, that's your number one, (laughs) start there and make sure that you've got finance and operations, rock solid. Mm -hmm. So, um, and then everything from there can build on itself. We, you know, being that we're only two years old, when we were first trying to hire, no one knew about us. It was impossible to find good talent because it's like, who's Chroma? So we've sort of earned the ranks of actually being able to attract really good talent. So we made a lot of, you know, mishires in the beginning. Those are pretty painful. I feel like now our team is so amazing, but there's only, I mean, there's maybe 11 full-time employees, maybe. Um, Also a lot of outsourcing. I mean, PR, social media, you know, a lot of those things are, are outsourced. You know, our Amazon team is outsourced. Our web team is outsourced. Those kind of things. You don't We're not big enough to have it internally yet. Yeah. Um, So it's also being smart about hiring. And I think a lot of mistakes were made a year and a half ago where companies were growing at all costs. And that meant overhiring, overspending, and it really costs them a lot. You know, in many cases, the businesses don't exist anymore. So we've been building the company for profitability since day one. Wow, amazing. Incredibly mindfully, which also means, you know, it's people are wearing multiple hats and people are spread thin, but they also have that passion for what we're doing, excited to be part of it. I think from a hiring standpoint, you know, not everyone's cut out to be in a startup. They can say that they are. It's a very different world because we are texting on the weekends. We are texting at nine o'clock at night, you know, and and... And and the team has to also be like, that's okay. Like game on, we're doing this. And that's a big piece of sort of making sure you have the right culture, the the, the people who have the similar values and enthusiasm and attitude uh, because it's a very intimate relationship, especially this early on.
0: When you step away for a second, you get home and you're like probably buzzing from all of the things happening in the day. Do you have any practices that you've established that make you just come back to yourself
1: and feel, feel empowered, calm, all those Are things. Or you want <laughs> the real, always the real. So my go-to for anything is, is movement. That's been, I mean, since I was a little girl, movement is sort of my meditation. It could be cycling, it could be dancing, power walking, running, boot camping, yoga, any and all of the above. And so for me, a lot of it, it's like when I'm especially if I'm maxed out and the to-do list is, is so long, I will go for a walk and I'll listen to podcasts. I'll do, or I'll talk to a friend. I'll do anything or I'll just be quiet, but I'll get moving because I need to settle my nervous system. I know that I can't be productive if I just keep going um, because the, the to-do list is never going to end. So I think that's probably my, my, my go-to. It's also knowing just when to turn it off. And there's, I mean, I could work all night every day, seven days a week, and I used to. Um, and that's also not serving me or the or the business. So it's also knowing just when to turn it off. Right. Sometimes it's just that. And it's like maybe it's just reading a book. It's maybe it's just sitting with my kids, you know, outside, whatever it might be. Yeah. I, I think for me, the biggest challenge for any entrepreneur is knowing that there's never a lack of things to do. It's when to know that it's enough for today. Yes.
0: Oh, that's good. Lisa, this has been amazing. I have one more question for you, which is what would be your number one piece of advice for a woman who's wanting to start her own business?
1: Okay, so you're going to get me on a very emotional day. I'm about to be an empty nester in four days. So today, my middle son is going off to his sophomore year in college at Ole Miss. And so he's leaving in a few hours. My youngest son, I take to Utah next Wednesday. Um, and then my daughter who does work for Chroma lives in New York. I'm actually moving to New York for a while, but I have three babies leave in a year. Why that's relevant to your question. I think for anybody that's starting a business, you have to be realistic about what it's going to take and the sacrifices you're going to make. And as a single mom for the last 11 years and having started two companies, there are I wouldn't trade it for the world because I love what I do and I'm so passionate about my mission. But I will also say I missed a lot of sports. I missed a lot of playing Legos and picnic with my kids because the work was so consuming. And I think it's so important not to underestimate what it takes and the sacrifices and your personal dating kids, motherhood, the juggle of it all is real. And I, sometimes people look at me, they're like, how do you do it? And um, sometimes I don't know, I just do. But you can't do everything and you have to want it so badly and really believe in why your why to bring that vision to life because you're gonna have to also give up so much to do it.
0: Oh God, it's a real answer. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank yes. you so much for coming on such a big day for you. That means so much to me and thank you. I'll
1: come live with you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll come stay with you. Literally, I. This is a true story. I had to go like, I, I was like, I'm not going to come back to my house and have it empty. So no. I really booked an apartment in New York for five weeks, which I need to anywhere. My, my marketing team is there. Yes. In New York, I can go to New York finally. And, I, and so it's 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 sort of um, serendipitous timing. But I also knew if I come home to my house and there's no children, life of my children there, I will, I, I don't know what will happen. Yeah. No. So I was gone and that moment didn't happen. Or at least I could like ease into it.
0: Yes. No, I love that. And New York just like gives you energy. It gives you energy. I do love it. Okay. I'm going to come visit you in New York. But Thank you so much. You are incredible. And I'm just so honored to have you and to have met you. Thank you for the opportunity, Jenna. Really appreciate it. Bye. Okay. I hope you enjoyed this episode and are feeling so fired up to go out there and create that business or side hustle that's been on your to-do list, you know, a little bit longer than you care to admit. It is never too late to make the first step towards the life you want more than anything else. If you haven't already, make sure you are subscribed to the show so that you never miss an episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, keep becoming the woman of your wildest dreams.